Amen. Well, I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles this uh, morning to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to be beginning in verse 1 as we look at the Word of God here. Uh, we're going to be looking at heaven this morning. And as we look at heaven, you know, we could spend a long, long time looking at what the Word of God says about heaven. And, uh, you know, the fact is uh, what we know about heaven is just a vapor. You know, as we begin to think about uh, the glories of heaven, we, we, our, our human minds can't comprehend it. Uh, the Apostle Paul was called up into the third heaven, and he, as he came back, he said, you know, the human tongue can't even speak of such a thing, of all of the, uh, the, the, the beauty of it and the glory of it and the majesty of it. You know, when we, we begin to think about the things that we do know, the things that we do know are absolutely phenomenal all by themselves. Amen? And so as we look here in the Word of God, and we begin to talk about heaven you know again uh, when we have our heaven's gates and hell's flame program next week as you all know many of you know there's going to be a heaven scene there's a hell scene and both of those are absolute realities and as brother Keith said just a moment ago only those who have their names written in the lamb's book of life are going to be able to go into heaven and then their faith is going to be their side as they see all of the glory and all of the majesty of it and this morning i'm just going to focus on three things this morning, three things about heaven uh, that we find right here in Revelation chapter 21. We find many things right here in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, but just for time's sake, we're just going to look at three things that the Word of God covers right here about the glories of heaven. When we first find here in Revelation chapter 21, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth passed away and there's no longer any sea. So we find here, I looked at a little bit of this last week as we talked about uh, the, the, uh, uh, the doing away of all things that are impure, but that is something that we begin to recognize, something that we understand about heaven. Nothing unpure is going to be there. Nothing that has been tainted by sin is going to be there. Nothing that has been tainted uh, by the stench of sin and the harm of sin and the death that sin causes nothing there is going to be tainted by that sin. Everything there is going to be absolutely pure. And so as we recognize that, here it is, the Word of God says that there is a new heaven and there is a new earth. The Bible tells us that the first heaven passed away and the first earth passed away, which is interesting because as we look in the Word of God, we find in 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 3, we find there in the Word of God that the Bible says this. First Peter, Second Peter, chapter three, uh, beginning in verse three, it says, "Know this first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts." Boy, doesn't that sound like the days in which we're living in today? Amen. That mockers will come with their mocking, living in their own lusts. That is absolutely the day in which we live in. That's what the Word of God says. That the last days are going to be like. Then the Bible goes on to say in verse 4 and saying where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep or uh, uh, continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. We see those mockers today. All I've been hearing Jesus is coming back all of my life. Where is he? When is he coming? Well rest assured he is going to come. Amen. We can absolutely rest assured that that day is going to come. In verse 6 
text, verse 5, it says, For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of the water by the water through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with the water. But by His word, the present heavens and the earth, being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men, do not let this fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. So when we look at the Word of God right here, we need to understand that a thousand years is like a day into the Lord. And so when we recognize this and we understand this, we understand that God's timing is not our timing. Amen. And He's going to come back at that perfect time. But understand this as well. If you die before that time comes and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your name is not written down in that Lamb's book of life, you're not going to enter into heaven. Amen. So you might die. Very likely that you could die before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, before the day of the Lord. It doesn't matter if the rapture takes place or the day of the Lord takes place or if you die. Friends, when you stand before that judgment seat of Jesus Christ, you stand before that great white throne judgment and your name is not written in that book, then guess what? You are not going to enter into the glories of heaven. Instead, you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. But as we also see right here, God already destroyed the earth one time. He didn't completely destroy the earth at that time, but He destroyed everything that was on the face of the earth. And how did He do that? He did that by water. And what was that? That was the judgment of God that came down upon this earth. And as the judgment of God came down upon His earth, He had grace upon Noah. He had grace upon Noah's family. He told Noah to build an ark. And Noah built that ark. He and his family entered in the ark too of each kind of animal entered into the ark because God wasn't finished with the earth at this time. He was just going to wipe it clean. There was blood that had been spilled up on this earth. So what was God going to do? He was going to wash it. Amen. And so as we see there within the word of God, God first brought his judgment by water. The second judgment is going to come and the second judgment is going to come after the day of the Lord. And when that second judgment comes, he is going to destroy this earth with fire. In fact, he's going to destroy the heavens and the earth with fire. It's going to be completely consumed by fire. And so when we begin to recognize that and get, begin to understand, there's going to, not going to be anything left. It's going to be completely consumed by the wrath of God. The heavens and the earth are going to be completely consumed by the wrath of God. Now it's interesting that when the Bible mentions heaven, unless it's talking about a very specific heaven, it's talking, it, it uses the word heavens. It uses the word heavens in plural form in that plural tense many times. So as we look at the word of God, what we find in the word of God, that there's three heavens within the word of God. Now that first heaven we, uh, we we would call uh, you know our atmosphere right that's what we would call our atmosphere where the birds fly around that second heaven we, we would call uh, space right outer space out there where the where, where the planets are and where the stars are that third heaven is what we normally think of as heaven that's where the that's where the throne of God is amen and that is where God dwells and so as we recognize that all three of those are heavens all three of those are going to 
to be destroyed and the earth is going to be destroyed. But as the Word of God says, there's going to be a new heaven singular and there's going to be a new earth and so as we find that there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth anything that comes into that new heaven is going to be absolutely pure amen and so we recognize that it is God Genesis 1 1 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth amen it was God that did that God established that and so as we begin to understand we recognize something Psalm 24 verses 1 through 2 says this. It says, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Guess what? This is God's earth and it's God's decision that one of these days He's going to destroy this earth and He's going to recreate this earth. If you own a piece of land and that's your piece of land on there and there's a house sitting upon that that piece of land you say you know what I decided I don't like this house I'm going to tear this house down and I'm going to build me a brand new house I've known of people doing that before they tear that old house down and they build a brand new house on that same piece of property listen it might be the nicest house anybody has ever seen if they decide to tear it down it's their house they can do with it what they want to do with it amen it belongs to them it is their house it is their property the earth is the Lord's and all that dwell in it even mankind even us we are the Lord's we're creation of God God has created us therefore God can do with us whatever he so desires to do with us but rest assured everything the blood that has been spilt upon the ground creation that has been affected by the fall of mankind everything that has been tainted by sin, tainted by wickedness. Absolutely all of it is going to be destroyed. Every bit of it. So that's what we're going to find. That's what we discover about the very first thing about heaven. That everything there is going to be pure. And, and re let's recognize this. The wages of sin is death. You know why we have everything bad upon this earth? Everything bad upon this earth is attributed to sin. Amen. It is attributed to the fall of mankind. It is attributed to sin. Death is a direct result of sin. Now, it might, be not, it might not be a direct result of a particular sin. We know of righteous people, godly people, men of God, women of God that have died. And it might not be because of a particular particular sin but death in and of itself and sickness in and of itself all of it is attributed to sin all of it is attributed to that wickedness but when we get to the glories of heaven guess what there's not going to be any of that Amen? There's not going to be any death. There's not going to be any sickness. There's not going to be any disease. Praise God. There's not going to be any pain. Amen? There's not going to be any weeping. There's not going to be any sorrow. There's not going to be any loss. Any of those things that are directly a result of sin, friends, we're not going to know any of that in the glories of heaven as we're there forever and ever and ever and ever in that place called paradise. That is what we're going to know. The second thing that we discover about heaven is we skip down several verses and we begin to read here in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, if you turn to 2 Peter, keep your finger in there, 2 Peter chapter 3, we're going to get back there here in just a moment. But the second thing that we discover 
that's going to be in heaven is something that we don't necessarily think of quite that often, but absolutely that is going to be there in heaven. We look here in Revelation chapter 21, beginning in 20, uh, verse 22, and it says, And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God the Almighty and the, uh, the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be closed, and they will bring their glory and honor of the nations into it. So it's interesting here, before we start talking about the Lamb and the light of the Lamb, the Word of God says that the nations are going to be there. Amen? The nations are going to be there, and the kings of those nations are going to be there. Some of them anyway, not all of them, but some of them are going, uh, going to be there. And so the, uh, what's interesting here is we look at this word nations, we, we, we often misunderstand what the word nations mean in ancient, uh, in, in ancient word. What the word nation literally means is people groups. Amen? It's people groups. So what is phenomenal right here in the glories of heaven, you find people groups. And what do these people groups do? These people groups have come together and now they are gathered together in the glories of heaven. Every tongue, every nation, every tribe, they're now gathered together as one people, as one group. And they're gathered together there before the throne. They're walking in the light of the Lamb. All of these people groups from every tongue, from every every tribe and from every nation are gathered together as one right before the throne of God, right before the very throne of the Lamb. Interesting as you look back in chapter 21 in verse 1, again it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. There's no longer any sea. And sometimes people wonder, well, what in the world is all of that about? And we go back to the Tower of Babel. When we go back to the Tower of Babel, what happened? The people gathered together to build this tower to where they tried to work their own way up to God. And God came along and said, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. So God confused their languages. And then God then formed the nations. Amen. God then formed the different people groups and God scattered the people groups. What's interesting is if you look at a map of the world or you look at a globe it's easier to look at a flat map of the world you know it's like a jigsaw puzzle you can kind of put it all back together amen now erosion and things like that is, is a, a messed it up a little bit but it's really all one landmass that was all one landmass and then eventually God separated it apart but now guess what's going to happen in the glories of heaven it's all going to come back together in fact it's going to be recreated as brand new and it's going to be one landmass. There's not going to be any seas. God separated the languages. God separated the nations uh, back there in the book of Genesis at the Tower of Babel. But guess what? We're not going to be separated. Amen. We're all going to be get together as one great big happy family in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not going to be any division. Listen. Sin in and of itself brings division. As we've already established, there's not going to be 
any sin in heaven and there's not going to be the effect of any sin in heaven. We got all kinds of folks in the world today that try to keep us divided and they're trying to keep us divided for their own power struggles and their own purposes. But you know what the gospel does? The gospel unites us. Amen? The gospel brings us together. And we're united together as one in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's interesting that you say, well, the nations are going to be there. People groups are going to be there, which means people are going to be there. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. The Bible says there's no one who is good, not even one. So if there's not going to be anything impure within heaven, then how in the world are people going to be in heaven? They're going to be in heaven because they've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Nothing impure will be there. Verse 27 in chapter 21 tells us that. It says, And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And the only way that your name is going to be written in the Lamb's book of life is when you put faith in Jesus Christ. And when you put faith in Jesus Christ, your sins were removed from you as far as the east is from the west they were blotted out they were done away with they are no more that crimson stain of sin is gone and you stand there and the lord jesus christ washed white as snow amen and praise god for what it is that the blood of jesus christ has done for us that if your name's not written in the lamb's book of life then friends today is the day of salvation today is the day that you need to come to know jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I want you to understand something. When it comes to people, when it comes to people groups, oftentimes we as Americans, when we think about prophetic scripture, I get interested uh, looking at uh, folks that talk about Americans that talk about prophecy. And usually, uh, a lot of times, if they don't know their Bible real well, that prophecy is usually centered around the United States of America. But I got news for you the United States of America is not found in the Bible. Amen. It's not found in. I'm a patriot. I love the United States of America. I love this nation. Even, as, uh, even though we're, we're struggling right now, we're in bad shape, I still love this nation. But I want you to understand that God is no respecter of persons. Amen? God is no respecter of persons. In fact, we look back at 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. It says right here, And the Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So here it is that we need to recognize this, that God wants to see everybody saved. Amen? God wants to see every tongue, every tribe, every nation saved. God wants to save every single soul and He wants every single person to be there with Him in heaven forever and ever and ever. The Bible also mentions something else that's interesting right here, that there it is, the nations are there. The kings of the nation are there and the kings of the nation are bringing their glory. And so what is that all about? Because understand that the Word of God says... In Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 48 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will share my glory with no other. Amen? 
God's not about to share His glory with anybody. God's not going to share His glory with another king of the earth. God's not going to share His glory with anybody. He's not going to share His glory with any angel. He's not going to share His glory with any of the apostles. He's not going to share His glory with any of the tribes of Israel. He's not going to share His glory with any of the prophets. He's not going to share His glory with Moses. He's not going to share His glory with anyone. I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will share my glory with no other. Oh, in the world do you think he's talking about right here when the Word of God says that the kings were there and the nations were there, and there, as the kings were there and the nations were there, that they brought their glory. Well, I believe they laid their glory down at the feet of Jesus. Amen. We see in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, beginning in verse 9, we see something pretty interesting right here. We see the 24 elders, and so as we see those 24 elders, I believe 12 of them are representing the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 of them are representing the apostles. So here it is, the 24 elders are before the throne in Revelation chapter 4. And as we look in the Word of God, we find something very, very interesting. As we see these elders before the throne, and they, each one, have their own throne. But beginning in verse 9, this is what they do. Beginning in verse 9, the Bible says, And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, and Him who lives forever and ever, and the twenty-four elders will fall down before Him who sits on the throne and will worship Him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before Him, but before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, it's you that's worthy. Worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of you, your will, they existed and were created because of you. You're the only one that's worthy to receive the glory. You're the only one that is worthy to see receive the honor. You're the only one that has the power, and it's because of you that all these things existed. I believe that here it is as the nations come before the Lamb before His throne, as the kings of these nations come before the Lamb and come before His throne, I believe they're going to be laying all of their glory down at the feet of Jesus, saying, we're worthy of nothing. You're worthy of all. Because the last thing that we see here in this text of Scripture is the thing that we need to be focused on heaven most of all about, not about the mansion. It's not about, as we see here in Revelation 21, just a very beautiful picture of what heaven's going to look like as we find this one land mass. And here out of, out of, uh, out of the heavens comes this uh, one city, this new Jerusalem, this place of heaven that's going to come down and it's going to rest upon the earth. It's going to be massive. It's going to be 1,500 miles. It's going to be 1,500 miles uh, uh, long. It's going to be 1,500 miles high. I mean, it's just this massive place that we just can't even 
comprehend when we begin to think about that. And so when we begin to understand, uh, you know, the, how massive it is. And there, as we look and see that the, that, that the walls are made of jasper, the gates are made of pearl, the foundation stones are made of every costly stone and jewel, the streets themselves are made of gold. But what's going to be the focus? Our focus isn't going to be getting into heaven and saying, hey, where's my mansion at? Show me where my mansion is. The Bible says there's many mansions there. Where's mine? No, the focus is going to be Jesus. He's going to be the focus. He's going to be the center of all heaven. Again, as it says right there, verse 22, it says, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the, uh, the Lamb are its temple. Jesus is the temple. Jesus is the very presence of God there in the center of it. And there's no need for the sun or the moon or the stars, for the glory of God has illumined it. What's interesting about this text of Scripture right here, as we look at it and we begin to understand the glory of all of it, and we begin to understand the glory of God is there. We begin to understand that the light of Jesus illuminates all of heaven. As the glory of Jesus illuminates all of heaven, I believe there's not going to be a spot, there's not going to be a corner in heaven where you're not going to be able to see Jesus. So how can you say that? If there's not going to be a corner in heaven where you're not going to be able to see Jesus, look in the Word of God right here in in, uh, chapter 18, or verse 18. It says right here, the material of the wall was jasper. The city was like pure gold, like Clear glass. Let me ask any of you, have you ever seen gold like that? Clear gold? Amen? The Bible says it's gold, but it's clear. You can see right through it. As we look and say, what in the world is all that about? What in the world is the Bible talking about that that, that, that this gold is going to be clear Clear like glass. We look here and also we find that, that as we see this clear glass, this clear clear as jasper, clear as glass that we're going to be able to see straight through it, we begin to understand that in the city of God, verse 5 of chapter 22, it says right here, there will be no longer any, any night. They will not have any need of the light of the Lamb, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them. He will reign forever and ever. He said to them, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophet, sent His angel to show His bondservants the things which must soon take place after this. And Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is He who heeds the Word of God. Friends, we need to heed the Word of God. We need to know that Jesus is coming. We need to know that if we die without knowing Jesus Christ, 
as our Lord and as our Savior. Friends, our name's not written in that Lamb's book of life. We will have only heard about the glories of heaven. And I tend to believe a part of the torment of hell is that they're going to be able to see into heaven. The rich man did. He looked up there and he saw Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. He was able to see up in there realize what he missed out on. I won't just see it. Y'all know that I love cars and love classic cars. I know of a whole lot of folks, they buy these classic cars, they, sp- they spend ridiculous amounts of money for these classic cars and they put them up in a garage somewhere and they don't ever drive them. I don't understand that. Amen? I want to experience it. I want to hear it. I want to feel it. I, I want to be able to know what that thing can do. Amen? I don't want to just hear about heaven. I, I don't even want to just see it. But I don't want to be there. But you see, I believe this as well. Now, first of all, again, the only way you're going to be there is if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't, friends, today is the day of salvation. But I believe this as well. The church of today should represent the heaven of tomorrow. Amen? So if heaven is pure, friends, and I want to be pure. I want to be a holy man of God, and I want you to be pure. Holy, righteous men and women of God. That should be our heart. For every tongue, every tribe, and every nation is going to be there. And we should try to reach every tongue, every nation, and every tribe today as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be there. Amen. And also, as every nation, every people group is going to be there, guess what? The church of today, there's no such thing as a black church. There's no such thing as a white church. There's no such thing as a Spanish church. There's no such thing as a Filipino church. And I know we've got language barriers and things like that we have to take into consideration. But friends, it is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And if we think any different, we need to sit down and have a Bible study and see what the Word of God has to say about it. It's the church of Jesus Christ. I know we don't have that problem here at Mill Creek Baptist Church. There's some churches that do. We need to pray they get right with the Lord. Amen. Friends, if Jesus Christ is the central figure of heaven, the heaven of tomorrow, he needs to be the central figure today. Now he is, whether we recognize it or not. Then everywhere, then everywhere we go in heaven, we're going to be able to see him. There won't be a spot in heaven. We won't be able to see him. But today we ought to be searching for him. Amen. We ought to be looking for him. We ought to be longing for him. We ought to be desiring for him. Guess what? He's not playing hide and seek. He said, if you seek me, 
you're going to find me. In fact, he said he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And you know what we discover when we start to seek him? We discover he is right here all along. Amen? He was right here. I, I might have went that way or that way or that way or that way, but he was right here. He had moved, and he's not going to. So, friend, that ought to be our heart. That ought to be our desires. There's sin in your life. Get it out. Be pure. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Amen? You know, you, you know folks of a different race or a different, different uh, you know, background than you know, majority of the folks here at Mill Creek Baptist Church, should I invite them or not? Absolutely! We're going to love on them and accept them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Absolutely! Because that honors and glorifies Jesus. And Jesus is the central figure of our life, of every aspect. Amen? Right now, as praise team makes their way up this direction this morning. Friend, I ask you a question. Do you know that you know that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Everybody stand. Do you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Friend, if you don't, would you this morning, would you come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been inviting folks to come to heaven's gates and hell's flame. Maybe their name's written down there. Maybe you've yet to write it down and put it in that cross yet. Would you come this morning and pray for them? Pray they'll come. Say, oh, Brother Russell, you don't know how hard-headed they are, but you don't know how powerful God is. 